Well, last week we started, I told you, I think it was going to be a series, um, but I, I know it's going to be because I can't, I, I just, I can't get away from this. And all year long and all, all that we've taught, we've had a, a, a year of really focusing on areas of our own personal life and, and, um, and the challenges that you've received from us in our teaching this year. Again, thank, thank you, for the, Jessica, for those kind words, but for all of you, and I don't even know it was Pastor Appreciation Day or month or whatever it is, but, I mean, I receive that. I thank you very much. We take serious what we do. Next year will be 30 years that we've pastored this church, and so we're, we're very grateful and thankful, and, and we're honored always. Every time I come stand behind the pulpit, I'm honored that people would come and show up to hear the things that that we have to say that are from God. It's not just our opinion and our ideas. It's what God wants you to hear. Amen? And um, amen. 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 It's, it's, it's important, and our heart is in it, and we appreciate you and love you all. Um, the title of, of this message is God is Love. And... Um, I've taught along this line uh, a number of times, um, but not, not the way God's giving this to me. It's all, and it always works that way. I mean, God's not going to just do the same kind of thing again to where it becomes boring in what's being said or, or the information that goes out. Because everything that we do at Gates of the City is centered around the Word. Because you can, you can gather together and be, be what the world would call a church, but actually we're, we're a gathering because you're the church. Say, I'm the church. But based on Scripture, we're the church. So the church gathers here at Gates of the City, right? And so as we gather together, what really matters is what we get and receive from God in a corporate way. It's not boring when you center everything around the Word. It's not boring when you're hearing something that you can't comment on. It's a good thing. It's not that way in everything, but it's a good thing. If you came to our Connect Equip classes, you'd have, to have opportunity to share things about what we talk or teach about. But in, in, in this environment, you're here to hear what is being said through me today, what I'm sharing with you from God, and then you doing something with what you hear. Because if you do nothing with what you hear, then you just based every, you base everything on, well, that's what Pastor Burt said. Well, it's good for a moment, but it needs to become what God is saying to you. And there are things that you'll hear today that will minister to one person something different to someone else because the Holy Spirit is the true teacher revealing what we need to hear. Can you say amen to that? So just going to look at, 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 at a couple things. I'm going to read a few verses that we read last week. Luke chapter 12. This, is, this verse of Scripture is very important um, in talking about love. Not the love of God. Love. Um, Luke chapter 12 and verse 29 says, And do not seek what you should 
eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. For all these things the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knows that you need all those things. What, what things are you talking about? Name it. He knows you have need of it. Right? Can you live without water? He knows you have need of it. He's already taken care of it. Can you live without food? We don't think we can, but, you know, we can for a certain number of days. <clears throat> Some people think they can't live without three squares, you know. Um, but God knows you have need of that. And anything else you can think about, God knows you have need of that. But he said, don't seek that stuff. Seek him. He said in the next verse, but seek the kingdom of God and these things shall be added to you. In Matthew chapter 6, where it taught, it's, this, it's Matthew's account of this, he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. In the Amplified, in Matthew 6, the kingdom of God and his righteousness is defined as God's way of doing and being right. So God has a way of doing, and that's the right way. Well, I, you know, I don't know about this or about, about, no, God's way is the right way. You just have to learn to get that. So when I teach something to you today like this, you've got to work that out and rely on the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what this means to you where you're at. You can amen that or not amen it, whatever. It's the absolute truth. Amen? Then in 1 John 4, in verse 8, it says, all I'm looking at, I just want you to see it. 1 John 4, 8. <clears throat> I just want you to see the last three words. God is love. Well, it says, he who does not love does not know God. In whatever area you're not walking in love, you don't know God in that area. Because God is love. God is love. You and I at times are not walking in love, but God is, and God can't walk out of what love is. So is it important for you and I to understand what love is because love is God, God is love. So anytime you see God, you've got to think of love. And a lot of times we don't. Some people, when they think of God, they think of, man, he's going to hurt me, you know? Something bad or whatever when we think of God. God is love. He can't walk out of love. There's no way. In John 13, we read this last week. In John 13 and verse 34, Jesus said this. A new commandment I give to you, that you what? Love one another. As I have loved you. So I can't, I'm not going to spend any time on this, but I can't love you if I don't know how he loved me. And, and listen, listen, don't try to figure anything else out. That's why you seek the kingdom of what? God. You seek the kingdom of love. You seek God's way of doing and being right in love. And I'll say it again. You will never love people. Well, I'm trying, Pastor. No, you got to seek Him. You got to seek God and His love. We, we've talked about that 
throughout this whole year about seeking God and knowing the voice of God and what that looks like and how to, how to apply that on a day-to-day basis. But you will not love people if you, if you don't know he loves you. You won't. You're mad at people, angry at people. It's funny that's what we're talking about today. <clears throat> by this, by what? By this, all will know that you are his disciples if you have love one for another. But, but listen, the this right there is, is, is this. By this, by the fact that you are spending time in your life seeking the kingdom, God's way of doing and operating, you're understanding what love really is and how to operate in that, not just loving people that are lovely, but being willing to love unkind people in difficult situations. This is what will let the world know who God is. Listen to me when I say this. I'm going to give you like four examples. By this will the world know. Not by miracles, not by healings, not by your success, not by how wealthy you are, by how you walk in love. That's where the world will know. That's the difference. There's successful people. There's healings that happen. I mean, there, there's demonic healings that happen. Well, you may not understand that or believe that, but it's absolutely true. There's all kinds of things like that. It's not miracles. It's not healings. Miracles are great. Healings are great. Wealth is great. You know, all the things we're talking about, that's not what will let the world know that God is real. It's the love we have for one another. Yep. So... 1 Corinthians 13, 4, just, just one statement in that verse. 1 Corinthians 13, 4. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. The literal there says love cannot envy. So, up to this point, just, just step back in your mind. See your, see your mind like taking a step backwards. Okay. So, I'm seeking the kingdom. That's that, the, 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 the responsibility in life is to seek the kingdom of love. The way, the, the way love operates and does things. And if I seek that understanding, then what will happen is in situations where I have the opportunity to envy and, and be jealous and be whatever, I won't because love can't. So if I choose love in a situation, then what's going to happen is when I choose love, then envy goes out the door. So you won't, you won't get over envy. Everybody sitting in here is envied or is envying something, somebody, some situation right now or sometime in the past or sometime in the future. Everybody will be attacked with it. Everybody. But if you're seeking the kingdom of love and learning to develop that and operate in the love of God, if you seek the kingdom that way, you will never find yourself envy. You say, 
can that happen? I didn't say you wouldn't be judged or tested to, 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 to be envious or whatever. But you don't have to give in to that. That's what the empowerment of the love of God inside of us does. And listen to me. As Jessica was standing up here earlier and saying some of the things that she said, that she said, it takes, it takes sometimes years to get things established based on how much junk that we have to renew in our life. You, you, don't, you don't just hear a message or two and that sounds good and, and it changes everything in your life. There's stuff in the, in the past, sometimes it takes years. You can never judge. The reason the Bible says don't judge your neighbor, leave the judging to God because God's a whole lot better judge because you're going to judge people based on where you're at instead of where they're at. And the problem when you're judging other people is you have very little mercy. God's mercy is endless. His forgiveness is endless. His grace is endless. Can you say amen? That's why we don't do that. We learn to walk in love, forgive everybody in every situation, no matter the circumstances, no matter how I feel, I don't care what anybody did to me. And the more difficult it is, and you win the battle, the greater the reward. Love can't envy. Here's several definitions of envy, of what envy is. Um, I, I, looked in, I looked in about five different types of dictionaries for this, and so I've, this is kind of a compilation of different definitions of what this word is, so this is it. Um, so envy encompasses hatred. It, it, it operates from fear. Another word is that it burns and it boils over is what envy does. It burns inside and boils over. And it boils over with anger. Envy, those, those characteristics of envy happen in a person that wants to be somebody and wants to be recognized by others. Well, because, you know, I don't want to be recognized by anybody. Nah, that's false humility. Everybody wants to be recognized. I don't care who you are. You want to be recognized. I got an email the other day where somebody asked me to give an acknowledgement in a book that they were writing. And it, and it, like, took me by surprise. I mean, it just kind of took me back for a moment. They're writing this book, and they said, they sent me this email and said things about me that I didn't think they thought about me. And they said, I'd be honored to have you write an acknowledgement for my book. 
And I thought, you know, if I would have tried to give hints to that person, oh, I'd love to write an acknowledgement in your book. That's what I'm talking about. See, when, when, when that's what I'm seeking after is recognition and acknowledgement, it doesn't work. That's what, that's what envy is. That, that's what it looks like. And all of us have had it or are dealing with it or will deal with it at different times. So, so don't, I'm, not, I'm not talking about you being freaked out if I'm talking about something that, that you have to deal with in your life. You're going to deal with it, and either you're going to deal with it or it's going to rule your life, and love won't because love can't envy. <clears throat> it can't. No way. Absolutely. So, just look at a couple examples right here in, in, in Scripture. Just look at where we see envy in Scripture. We, we read a couple examples last week. I'll read two or three more again. In Mark 15, actually, I think I read this last week, but I want to read it again. Um, Mark 15 and 9. This is with, as they've taken Jesus before Pilate to Herod, then back to Pilate. But Pilate answered them saying, do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? For he, Pilate, knew that the chief priests of the Jews had handed him over because of what? Envy. The hatred. The fear that they had because of different situations. Look, look, look at this story in, um, in Acts 13. Acts 13 and verse 42. Remember what, they, what, what was said right there, and then look at this. So Paul, Paul is now, Saul is now Paul. And he and Barnabas are preaching everywhere. I mean, they're on, a, they're on a preaching excursion. In verse 42, I'm just going to jump right in the middle. They're, they're, now they've gone to Antioch. And it says, so when the Jews went out of the synagogue, out of the church, the Gentiles begged. Watch this. When the Jews went out of the synagogue, the Gentiles begged that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. Man, we want to hear this next Sunday. Wow, what, what kind of words? I mean, listen, listen to what's being preached. Now, when the congregation had broken up, many of the Jews and devout proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. On the next Sabbath, now, now it's next week, now it's next Sunday, almost the whole city came out to hear the Word of God. And the Jews rejoiced, and man, they were excited. And oh my gosh, what an awesome thing! No. But when the Jews saw the crowd, they were filled with envy. 
What were the definitions of envy? Envy, hatred. They were operating from fear because why? They were so intimidated by the crowds. Why? Because their crowds were little. It didn't matter how many were with them. There's just no reason to be intimidated if you believe in what you're doing. The only way that you're going to believe in what you do and you become comfortable in your skin is to seek the kingdom of God, God's way of doing and being right and understanding what that looks like and how to walk in love with people. Because that kingdom is not just any kingdom. It's the kingdom of love. And when you and I understand that and we work that out in our lives and we apply that to our lives, there's no end to what can happen in our lives. You know, you know why? Because when you don't love, when you don't love, when, 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 I'll just say it like this. When you're operating in envy, you don't trust the love of God. Let it be an indicator. Don't let it be condemnation. Let it be an indicator. You know what? I'm, I'm envying this person. I don't know why. I don't know what's going on here. I don't know why I talk about him the way that I do. Father, help me in this situation. Father, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus. Help me. And, and, and as you go and seek him and how to love. Notice in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 4, that first verse says, love is kind. It didn't say that you, when you're mad at somebody, is going to be kind. No, love is. So I need to seek the kingdom of love, know how love operates so that when unkind situations face me, and they will, uh, maybe before you leave the church, an unkind situation may be in your face and you're going to have to be challenged to walk in love. Huh? You might walk out the door out there and, you know, I'm going to be standing out there and I may be talking to somebody as we're walking out the door and I, maybe I didn't shake your hand. You could get mad at me. I, I, I mean, I've known people to be mad at me for less than that. Just the way it works, okay? But you're choosing, you know what? He's busy. You know what you could do? You could stand over there and wait. Uh-oh, that's responsibility on you. You know, why didn't Pastor drop all the people that were standing in line to wait anyway and come to me? And I, I'm not saying that you don't deserve to, for, I mean, I, I'm, and I want to talk to you. I want to talk to all of you. But if a situation is going on, there's, a situ there's an opportunity, and it'll come. And the thoughts will come to your head, but just cast them away. Give them no place. That's how you walk in love. Love is going to be kind and not believe the worst about other people, no matter what they do, no matter what someone else does in the name of Jesus. Amen? Where was I reading? So on the next Sabbath, the whole city came out to hear the word of God. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy and contradicting and blaspheming. They opposed the things spoken by Paul. Then Paul said this. Look at Paul and Barnabas say. Paul and Barnabas grew bold and said, it was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first, but since you've rejected it and judged yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, behold, we turn to the Gentiles. You know what? When you reject the love of God, then... God has to reject you because he can't be mixed with envy. And you say, you mean like send me to hell? No, 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 I didn't say that. I'm talking about in that situation. There can't be power come on you and overtake you when you envy. 
There's no anointing on envy. So you have to do something about it. You have to resist it. You have to seek his kingdom. You have to get information. You have to take messages like this and, and dissect them. Go home and take the scripture and let the Holy Spirit show you how you have to operate. If you don't do it, it won't work, meaning you're not judging yourself in the situation, and God can't do anything for you. It's not that God doesn't want to. He's actually done everything for you already. But nothing can come on the scene because the word won't work on your behalf when you choose to envy. I'm just using envy today as, a, as, as one example. So, look at John 14. I know I'm reading a lot of scripture today, but there's a a lot of foundation in this. There's a lot of good things that the Bible says about this. And sometimes you need it, you need it preached like this so you can take the pieces. They're like puzzle pieces and put them together. You know, that's why you need to listen to it. You know, all these messages are online. You can always go and download them or just listen to them, whatever you want to, on iTunes. And, and listen to them. Go back over them and meditate on this stuff and start applying it to the place that it works for you. John 14 and um, verse 27. Jesus said this. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not, not like the world gives. Let not your heart be what? Troubled. Neither let it be afraid. What do we define envy as? Fear. Neither let it be envious. Is the way I'm adding it right there. You have heard me say to you, I'm going away and coming back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice because I said, I am going to the Father, for my Father is greater than I. If you loved me, you would rejoice. You know, it's interesting. I always read that passage and I'd come across it and I'm thinking, well, what did he say that for? If you loved me, you would rejoice. How many understand these guys, they're all following him around. There hadn't been a miracle in Israel in 400 years. Everywhere he goes, the miraculous is manifesting, and he's trying to tell them he's fixing to leave. Say what? He said, if you love me, you'd rejoice. This is what I get out of it today. If you love me, you'd hear what I'm saying and you wouldn't think about yourself and you'd think about what I'm trying to tell you. It'll benefit you that I go away. If I don't go away, if I don't die, then what's happening with me can't happen with you. You ever been in a situation, I'm not talking about, you know, someone that passed away and it was, it was a sad situation and they had disease or something and they, they passed on. But you, you, ever, you ever notice, I've done lots of funerals, but I've noticed at times where, you know, somebody lived a full life and they passed on, they moved on and they moved on to heaven. And, uh, and yet the people at the funeral, all they're talking about is themselves. Now, wait a minute. I thought this guy died, you know, but it's about them. And I'm not saying, you know, everybody grieves and everybody has stuff about them. But I feel like that's what he was saying right here. 
I feel like he was saying, if you love me, then you would rejoice. You'd be glad about this. And you know what I think he's saying to us is? I want you to love me and understand what I'm doing in the earth. And I want you to understand the devil and the demonic presence that envy is in your life. I want you to get it. I want you to understand it. And I want you to get rid of it. And you know what I think he's saying? If you love me, you'll work this out. And you'll get to the place where it becomes just a way of life that when the opportunity to envy comes, I reject it because I've been practicing it. I've been seeking the kingdom of love. I'm learning to understand how love operates and all the borders and parameters that have to do with the love of God, and I'm not giving into it. I'm not giving it place because then it disrupts and messes with my relationship with God and his ability to get things to me. He's already got it set up. He's already done everything. He's not up there going, okay, release the lever. No, the lever, the lever gets released when we obey. But we have to know how to hear to, to obey what. we got to know from his word what's right. And when we do that, it releases the levers of manifestation in our lives. He's just saying, judge yourself. Know what this looks like. Don't be afraid of it. Everybody deals with it. You're not some lone ranger that has envy and you're so bad and you're so horrible. Everybody deals with it. Let's get to the root of it. Can you say amen? Man. I preached that more intensely than you said amen. <laughs> so today, I'm done. I was going to read 17 other verses, but I'm not. Um, so I'm going I'm to end with a verse in James 3 and two verses of Scripture in James 4. I'm going to end with these today. James chapter 3 and just verse 16. Let's look at this together. For where envy and self-seeking exist. Um, can, can you just real quickly give me the Amplified there and then go back to the New, the new King James? But just give me the Amplified on that. Thank you. For wherever there is jealousy, envy, and contention, rival, rivalry, and selfish ambition, there will also be confusion, unrest, disharmony, and rebellion and all sorts of evil and vile practices. You, you know what I noticed one day? I'm going to get down here so I can see you. Um, you know what I noticed one day? I don't know when it was, years ago. I noticed God said to me, uh, I, I walked into my house one day when I, I don't know, it was, came from work or whatever, and, and I went home. And I walked in the door, and stuff got stirred up or tried to get stirred up, say, between my wife and I, or just, just little petty things. 
And, and I went to God about it, and I said, so what, what, what's the deal with that? What, what, what's going on here? And you know what he said to me? He said, uh, your driving plays a big part in that. What does my driving have to do with my home? Think about it. You were driving from the office. Some guy cut you off. You whipped around him and pulled in front of him because you wanted him to know that he had cut you off. I mean, God was saying this to me. He was showing me. Your driving opens the door to the enemy. I mean, come on, God. I know I can't get away with anything, but surely I can just cut a few people off and give them some dirty looks and whatever, right? My lands. What are you talking about? And you know what? I mean, I mean, I mean literally right now, I could laugh and cry about that. Because it's so absolutely true. And so the determination that I've made is I'm letting everybody go. When I come to a four-way stop, the person that finally goes through the four-way stop may be mad at me, but it's because I let them go. I've just made up my mind. I'm not driving over the speed limit. I'm not going to have an attitude when I drive so that my spirit man stays calm. Do you realize that I was opening the door to just anger? Have you ever been angry behind the wheel? I mean, where you thought about if, if, you, had, if you had a Glock like right next to you in the seat that potentially, without thinking about it, you could take it and, and shoot somebody? It happens all the time in Houston. It happens all the time. Sometimes every day in Houston, somebody takes a gun, they got a pistol right there, and they blow somebody away, or at least shoot at them. Happens all the time. I got a good friend that's a, that's a, a policeman cop in, in, in Houston. He said it happens every day, all the time. Maybe not every single day, but I mean a lot, of, a lot during every week. Why? Because we, I mean, you, you think, well, I would never do that. Yeah, but you don't know what you could do if you don't deal with these kind of things. I'm talking about what the Holy Spirit spoke to me about. He said, your driving opens the door to the enemy. That's where that petty little stuff comes. So now that I drive and I let people go and I take my time and I don't cut people off, I'm more aware of the presence of the Spirit because the Spirit of God told me that. I didn't say he told you that. I said he told me that. I'm not telling you that you better really go home and start judging your drive. Because you won't. You'll do it for two weeks and quit. But take what I'm saying, glean from it, and what is God speaking to you about things that's opening the door to the enemy? That's what I'm saying. He said where, can you go back to the, the, the New King James? For where envy and self-seeking exist, there's confusion, and not just some evil work, every evil work is there. And the evil is the devil. Every evil work of the enemy is present, and and the potential for that to manifest and happen in your midst is there when you don't choose 
love. So, okay, we all, we're all up against it. We all faced with it. We all got the stuff and things against us and all that kind of thing. So from today on, God wants you to do what the next verse says. Fourth chapter, sixth verse. This is what he wants you to do. He wants you to work it out and learn this. He said, he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud but he gives grace to the humble. And when you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, the verse 7 says, submit to God. Submit to what? Love. Submit to the kingdom of love, right? God's way of doing. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God. Draw near to love. Draw near to the understanding of what love looks like. And he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your heart, you devil mind. I've heard people preach it like that. No, no, just, okay, just take one thing at a time. I'm telling you, envy is a killer. It's a destroyer. I'm not letting envy destroy my life. If God comes to me and he says, Bert, you're driving is a nuisance. You're scaring the people that, you're ride, that are riding with you. And that's what he said. And he didn't have to tell me that. They did. Now I'm taking responsibility. How about you? I'm humbling myself under the mighty hand of God. How about you? I'm going to seek his kingdom, his way of doing and being right, what love really looks like from that perspective. And then when you resist the devil, devil's not going to flee. When you're controlled by envy, he's got you. And he knows it. I promise you, he knows it more than you know it. He knows when you're in envy. And he knows what's bothering Because he's the one with those voices. Remember all the year we talked about the voices? He coming over here. Yeah, they, you know what they did? They did this. And they are treating you like this. And they don't appreciate you. And they don't like me. Man, he's constantly after you. He won't flee. I bind you, devil. He didn't mean that. Now, you resist the devil from a place of humility. I'm humbling myself, Lord. I I, want to understand what it means to walk in humility. And I'll just give you one great example of what humility looks like, and I'll end with this. When God speaks something to me about a situation or about a certain person, and he tells me to do something, and I do that, What I'm doing is I'm bringing myself from my way of thinking down to his way of thinking. You say, well, why is that down? Because God is totally separate from your way of thinking in a specific area that doesn't line up with his word. So we come away and come down to his place, which is, is because humility means the low place. We're coming down to where he is. And when I do what he says... Every devil and demon in hell, when you speak something, they think it's Jesus speaking it. Because in the natural, you would never forgive that person. You would never ignore that situation. You would never overlook that situation. You would never speak blessings over that person that has hurt you or that you don't like. You would never do that. But love does. Who's love? Jesus, God, the Father, the Holy Ghost, they're three in one. They are love. God is love. That's what love is. So the more I 
take what love does and I apply it to my life, then my expression is God to the world. Remember, the world will know that God is real, not because of miracles, not because of healings, not because of your success, not because of wealth, not because of anything else. Because the love you have, I'm going to end with this, and you'll remember this, the love you have for unlovely people.